your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 689 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we got a lot to do here today on Locked On New York Rangers. Uh, it is Tuesday as I'm recording this. This is going to be Wednesday's episode, except I will probably drop it a little bit early on Tuesday on YouTube. Uh, just a good reminder right there to subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. But today, got a lot to cover. Like I said, we're going to talk about uh, Vincent Trocek and his very fast start to the season with his new team and how he's basically fitting like a glove. I mean, I, I think if you're Vincent Trocek, you couldn't ask for a much better start uh, to the season with a new team than the one that he's enjoyed so far with the New York Rangers. I have a couple more thoughts on Sammy Blay because, you know, he made his season debut against the Anaheim Ducks on Monday night, and I thought he played fairly well. But, you know, I go on Twitter and not a lot of, you know, hate from fans, but there's a decent amount of negativity, per, you know, considering uh, or concerning Blaze performance. And I'm just a little bit confused as to why that's the case. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. We're also going to talk about uh, Igor Shesterkin and, you know, specifically how people that think that he's off to a slow start. I, I don't really see that either. I think he's doing just fine. Uh, obviously, the game against the Ducks he didn't have his A game, but for the most part, Igor has been very, very good. And I'm basically just going to explain why there's nothing to worry about as it pertains to Igor Shesterkin. And we're also going to have an update on the Hartford Wolfpack. They played their first two games of the season against the Charlotte Checkers over this past weekend, and they lost both of them. One was in overtime. We're just going to talk about a couple of uh, quick highlights from those games and you know, who's off to a good start and all that good stuff. And I think next week what we'll do is we'll do probably an entire episode, if we have time for it, you know, pending the Rangers' schedule, an entire episode that focuses exclusively on the Hartford Wolfpack, as well as other Ranger prospects who are uh, essentially playing in different places around the globe right now. So a lot to do here on Locked on New York Rangers, both today and coming up. But like I said, I, I think we got to start with Vincent Trocek, because, you know, Trocek, despite the fact that he's got five points in four games to start the season here, he has been a little bit overshadowed by some of his teammates, which is probably fine because he's the new guy. And despite playing very, very well, almost flying under the radar a little bit, or at least it seems that way. There doesn't seem to be a ton of uh, chatter as it pertains to Vincent Trocek, but he's off to a heck of a start here. And you know, before we get into his numbers and all the things that he's doing well and all that good stuff, I just got to give him credit for, you know, coming over here to the Rangers and basically just hitting the ground running because uh, there was some pressure on Vincent Trocek joining a new team this year, a team with enormously high expectations, a team that went to the Eastern Conference final last season without the help of Vincent Trocek. So, you know, Trocek comes in, he's replacing essentially uh, the other two options that the Rangers had, uh, Ryan Stromer, Andrew Kopp, they chose to let both of them walk in free agency and essentially give that job to Vincent Trocek and, you know, give Trocek that job over any other centers that might have been available uh, when free agency began. 
And obviously, you know, he signs the long-term contract. And you know, we discussed Trocheck after the Rangers signed him in the uh, preseason, or the offseason, rather. And, you know, talked about the contract and, you know, the idea that, well, it's kind of a longer contract to keep the average annual value down. And that's just what you have to do if you want to get your guy in NHL free agency. But again, you know, there was a certain amount of pressure on Trocheck coming into the season. And so far, uh, passing with flying colors. I mean, we can start with just uh, the offensive numbers that he's put up. Again, four games, he's got two goals and three assists. Uh, this most recent game against the Ducks, we saw him assist Mika Zibanejad on a goal, and we saw Mika assist him on a goal, both on the power play. Uh, those two goals made it two to nothing. Uh, despite Trocek's uh, high point total, he actually is somehow a minus one, you know, overall in spite of that. I don't think it's too big of a deal, uh, especially this early. And he's also winning faceoffs at a clip of 53.1%. So, uh, Vincent Trocek certainly appears as advertised when it comes to his work uh, on the dot. So that's really nice. And one stat that really jumps off the page to me for Vincent Trocek is his time on the ice per night. And again, just four games. It's not an enormous sample size, although I would imagine this to continue going forward because it seems like Trocek uh, has really earned the trust of his coach and the respect of his coach. And Galant's going to go to him in a lot of different situations in pretty much any game. You know, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do a little bit of everything to help you win. But Trocek, through four games, averaging 20 minutes and 19 seconds of ice time per night. And to just run through the four games here, uh, the first game of the season, he was out there for 22 minutes, seven seconds. That was second among New York Ranger forwards, only to Mika Zibanejad. Uh, the second game, he was out there for 18.07. That was third on the Rangers, only to Mika and Kreider. The third game, he had 19.31. Uh, that was third only to Mika and Panarin. And then the fourth game, the most recent game against the Ducks here, he was out there for 21.30. And uh, that was actually the most among all Ranger forwards. And in fact, there was only one defenseman who had more ice time than Trocek, and that would be Adam Fox, who's out there for seemingly half an hour every single game. Uh, but again, this just goes to show you the level of trust that the Ranger coaching staff already has in Vincent Trocek. You know, he's out there on the power play. He took Ryan Strom's old spot on the top power play unit. They trust him to go in there and fit like a glove. And we talked in our most recent episode about just how ridiculous that Ranger power play has been. So that's great to see that he's fitting in there. Uh, like I said, he linked up with Mika for a couple of goals in the first period against the Ducks, and uh, seems to be, you know, playing his role very, very well uh, as the new bumper, once again, in place of Ryan Strom. But yeah, it's crazy. You know, he's he's thus far this season getting more minutes than Artemi Panarin, uh, more minutes than Chris Kreider on most nights, more minutes than any of the kids. And again, it just goes to show uh, how highly they think of him and how much they trust him, whether the Rangers are up by a goal, down by a goal, on the power play, shorthanded, trying to protect a one-goal lead at the end of games. You know, we've seen him toward the end of some of these games and the Rangers have the lead uh, where he's out there, you know, trying to make sure that they indeed hang on to that lead. So, yeah, so far so good for, for Vincent Trocek. I realize, you know, when the Rangers first signed him, there were a lot of fans who, ah, uh, you know, what's the big deal about this guy? You know, what? why Why is he like the prized, uh, you know, target for the New York Rangers in free agency? Vincent Trocek is one of those guys that, once again, uh, I've talked about this in the past. He's a B plus, A minus in seemingly every single aspect of hockey. I've always really liked and respected players like that. And I think he's going to do a heck of a job uh, for this Ranger team this season. And the fact that he's come in and gotten seemingly instant chemistry with his teammates, that's awesome. You know, it would be unfortunate if we were four games into the season and he had like one point. I mean, I don't think it would be the end of the world, but certainly when you're Vincent Trocek going to a new team, uh, a team in a big market, a team that's going to be in the spotlight this season, and a team that had a deep playoff run last season, you 
probably more than ever in your career, want to get off to a good start, and Vincent Trocek has done just that for the New York Rangers. Uh, so, you know, we're going to uh, talk about a couple of other things here today, and I want to uh, get to uh, Sammy Blay and some of what I would call uh, fairly unfair, fairly unfair, fairly unfair criticism of Sammy Blay, uh, who made his season debut last night. And again, it wasn't everybody, but there was enough noise on Twitter that I thought it might make sense to address this uh, in today's episode and just talk about Sammy Blay in general and what to expect from him going forward. And we're going to do all that, plus a whole bunch of other stuff in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. BetOnline.net is the place to go for all the latest player development, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport. The fastest way and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. All right, so we're going to keep things rolling here. And like I said, you know, it wasn't like an overwhelming amount of people on Twitter, but enough fans were criticizing Sammy Blay last night or I guess two nights ago, depending on when you're listening to this, Monday night's game against the Anaheim Ducks. I was very complimentary in our post-game episode. I I thought Blay, you know, first of all, you got to grade on the curve a little bit, okay? This guy has not played in a meaningful hockey game in 11 months. I realize he played a couple of preseason games for the Rangers this year, but who cares? Nobody's going to be talking about the preseason uh, all that much going forward. And Blay, this is his first meaningful game, like I said, in nearly an entire calendar year. He is coming off of a torn ACL, And overall, I thought he had a pretty nice night for himself. I mean, it wasn't like this otherworldly stellar game, but, you know, I've got the stats right here. Uh, Let's see. He was out there for a grand total of 13 minutes and 34 seconds. He was an even plus minus, uh, had three shots on goal and three hits. Uh, He had the fifth fewest minutes or time on the ice among Ranger forwards, only to Reeves, Hunt, VZ, and Goodrow. They all had a little bit less than Sammy Blay did. But, you know, again, I thought he carried himself pretty well. You know, the, the top two lines in this game were certainly going to steal the headlines because they were the ones, you know, scoring all the goals and producing all the points, getting a ton of ice time. But I thought overall that Heedle, Blay, and, uh, and VZ line looked fairly good. And Blay, you know, I mentioned that his stats, but he also, his first shift of the game, uh, you know, he's going behind the net on the forecheck and just drilling his guy into the boards. Uh, he had a couple chances to score in this game one on a wraparound, and one where he uh, received a pass from behind the net. I talked about this play in our last episode, but Philip Hedl, in on the forecheck, knocks his guy off the puck. VZ picks it up, passes in front to Sammy Blay. Blay very may well have scored here, and unfortunately, he was hooked. Uh, the good news is that the Rangers got a power play out of it. So on a night where VZ comes back, looks pretty good with two guys that he's never played with before. Uh, I don't believe he ever really played with Philip Hedl last year. I mean, I'm sure there was a time where the two of them were on the ice at the same time, but I don't remember them being line mates, and I don't believe he's ever played with Jimmy Vesey. I don't think their paths have ever crossed. So, uh, you know, again, playing with two new guys, making his season debut, coming off of a torn ACL, having not played in 11 months, 
I don't know what people are looking for for Sammy Blay. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty good debut for him. Again, nothing to, uh, you know, just exclaim that, you know, it, it's the most amazing performance that you've ever seen. But again, you got to gray on the curve a little bit. This is somebody who has not played in nearly a year and is coming off of a torn ACL. So I thought Sammy Blay did just fine. And I'm very intrigued to watch him, as well as that third line, uh, the way it's currently constructed with him and uh, Heedle and VZ. We shall see. Also want to talk about uh, the Ranger power play a little bit more because they've just been absolutely just stellar to start the season. Uh, they have scored on 33.3% of their power play opportunities, which is, uh, you know, obviously a small sample size. But I would like to throw another unofficial stat in there. I swear they have looked dangerous on like 80 or 85% of their early power plays. You always believe that this team is about to score a goal. Uh, right now, as far as their success rate, 33.3%. Uh, they're tied for fifth in the league. I wouldn't put too much stock into that because it is so early. You know, they're tied with the St. Louis Blues, for example, at 33.3%. The Blues have played one game. So, you know, it's not something that I think you can go too crazy about as far as their current ranking. But when you watch this team in action, I find it very, very difficult to believe that there are more than, you know, two or three teams tops that are better on the man advantage than the Rangers, you know, to start the season and also going forward. I tweeted this out on opening night, and I firmly believe this. The New York Rangers, when it's all said and done, could quite possibly have uh, the absolute best power play in the league. The puck movement is awesome. The puck recovery is awesome. And they all just complement each other so well. You got Fox as the quarterback. Uh, you've got Mika just ripping one-timers. You've got Panarin just putting it on a tee for everybody. You've got Kreider crashing the net. You've got Trocek, who's fitting in really nicely in that bumper role, and uh, clearly he's going to contribute quite a bit on the power play. So they've been awesome. And the very little bit that we've gotten to see of the Rangers' second power play unit, I think they've looked good too. And they typically go with uh, you know the kid line. They get to reunite on the second power play unit, even though they've been split up across the lineup otherwise at 5v5 time. But yeah, I mean, they go out there, they do their thing. Uh, Jacob Trouba is usually on the second power play unit. And recently, uh, we're seeing Zach Jones get a crack at the second power play unit as well. We'll see if... Uh, you know, maybe Vitaly Kravtsov eventually works his way back out there onto that second unit. Uh, we'll see. But again, it's it's an embarrassment of riches. As I discussed in our last episode, there were times where it, it didn't feel like the Rangers had 10 guys, you know, as recently as two or three years ago, it didn't feel like they had 10 guys that were sued to play the power play. Now, I mean, they've got like 15 guys you could put out there. I mean, some of them are better than others, obviously, but I swear there's like you look up and down this roster, there's like 15 players that you, know, you could put on the power play in a pinch, and they really wouldn't be out of place. I mean, which Ranger defenseman, for example, would you say, oh no, that guy can't play on the power play? I mean, eyeballing it, I would say probably Lindgren, but Lindgren, I mean, he's going to get some assists this year. He's not clueless with the puck. If you absolutely were in a situation where you had no choice and had to put Lindgren on the ice for the power play, he'd be okay. Again, there's far better options, but I don't think it would, like, kill the power play dead in its tracks. So, again, like I said, just a complete embarrassment of riches as far as, you know, the, the different players that the Rangers can go to uh, when they have the man advantage. So that's been awesome to see uh, Rangers just killing out in the power play. And it's just crazy how we went from about 30 years. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I'm sure there were a couple of years where the power play was okay. But we basically went from 30 years of power play ineptitude to these past two years of just elite power play uh, play. So it's been a phenomenal uh, transition to see uh, develop right before our very eyes here. And uh, yeah, I figure in just a second, I did want to go ahead and once again talk a little bit about Igor Shesterkin and the way that he has started this season. And I also want to talk about, you know, the Rangers defense or in some cases lack of defense so far this season. Those two things kind of go hand in hand. So I figure we can uh, cover both of those in just a second. 
All right, so let's go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about Igor Shosturkin here. I, I saw a couple of tweets about him, too, where, where people are saying that, you know, he, he might be the one Ranger that's off to, you know, a little bit of a rough start this year. I don't agree with that at all. Like I said, against the Ducks, he didn't really have his A game. A couple of goals went in that he probably would stop in most situations. But let's look at his three performances here. Okay, opening night against the Lightning, one of the best teams in the league, three-time defending Eastern Conference champions, have won two of the last three Stanley Cups, and obviously knocked out the Rangers in the playoffs last year. He completely shuts them down. The Rangers win that game 3-1. to one. The only goal that Tampa scored in that game was on a five-on-three power play. And otherwise, uh, I mean, he's standing on his head and just doing the things that we've all come to expect from Igor Shosturkin. So I'd give him an A-plus in that game. I mean, honestly, why not? And there's going to be even better performances that he'll have later this season, but he was stellar in that game. The game against the Wild, I know some people are going to fixate on the final score, 7-3. Ah, well, you know, he gave up three goals. It's it's okay. It's certainly not great, uh, especially for Igor Shosturkin. But you watch those goals, I would say at least two of the three of them. He basically got hung out to try by his defense, and we're going to talk about the Ranger defense in just a second here as well. But for that game, I mean, I'd give Igor, you know, a B, and it'd probably be higher than that. It's just that the reason why the grade isn't higher than that is because we've all seen him do just ridiculous things on the ice. And that was a game where he was merely uh, good, solid, but not spectacular. So uh, another good game there. And then against the Ducks, I mean, look, he let in a couple goals. Again, I I thought the Ranger defense certainly could have been a lot better and helped him out in certain situations. Uh, They were not able to do that. But be that as it may, he still made some good saves in that game. And as I mentioned in our last episode, it's nice to see the Ranger skaters picking up Igor Shosturkin because God knows we've seen a lot of instances where Igor Shosturkin has saved the Rangers bacon. There were games early at the start of last season that the Rangers won that they had no business winning and anything less than elite goaltender play, they would not have won. So nice to see the Rangers have his back and I'll pick him up on a night where he didn't really have his A game or so it would seem. Uh, I would imagine he'll be right back out there against the uh, San Jose Sharks. The Rangers play them on Thursday. I believe the Rangers are home for that game which, yes, they are, so uh, we'll look forward to that as well, and I think that's a, a very good chance for Igor to shut them down because the Sharks are not off to a very good start this season. I believe now 0-4, so that seems like a game for Igor to just go out there and dominate, and I would expect him to do so, but we shall see. And, uh, you know, as far as his stats are concerned, we, we should go through this real quick, too. He's got 268 goals against average. He's got a 905 save percentage. I don't care because, again, you have one game this early in the season where you give up a couple of goals, you know, giving up four goals against the Ducks, for example. Your numbers are going to be inflated. They'll come back down to where we expect them to be uh, in due time. And, by the way, Igor Shosturkin, 3-0 to start the season, which is very important as well. Uh, also, something else I want to talk about here is You know, right now, there's kind of this prevailing thought that, you know, the Rangers are offensively firing on all cylinders, but defensively, they're not really playing so well. I will take this. And and the reason I will take this and the reason why I'm not too worried about the defensive struggles is because the Rangers down the stretch last year really showed themselves to be a really good defensive team. And I realized they lost a couple of guys, you know, Cop and Mott, a couple others, a couple other good defensive forwards. But this is a team that, on top of having what I would argue is maybe the best quartet of defensemen in the league. They've also got, you know, Braden Schneider, an emerging star on defense. You've also got some really good defensive forwards. Mika Zibanejad, uh, Chris Kreider, uh, Carpenter is a good defensive forward. Barclay Goodrow, an elite defensive forward. Same with Vincent Trocek. Even Lafreniere and Kako, underrated defensive forwards. And that's just to name a few off the top of my head here. So uh, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Eventually, uh, you know, they'll kind of round into form there. I think it could be a situation, too, where you look at the two games against the Wild and Ducks, they kind of unfolded fairly similarly. Uh, They were both high scoring. And on top of that, 
you know, the Rangers had pretty good leads in both of those games, and there were a couple of situations where maybe they just took the foot off the gas a little bit, which admittedly is not something that you, you want to be doing in this league. But they are a very young team. It's very early in the season. A couple of times where maybe they just got a little bit lackadaisical knowing that they were up by so many goals and uh, letting a goal as a result. You know, you look at the game against the Wild, uh, they get up, you know, they're up like six to two. They let in a goal, it goes to six to three and, you know, so on and so forth. But uh, kind of similar against the Ducks as well. They get up two nothing, maybe took their foot off the gas just a little bit. It's two two. They get up five two. They give up a goal to make it five three. They get up six to three. They give up a goal to make it six to four. I'm not excusing it. But I think it could be a situation where they just got a little bit lackadaisical. And there's plenty of time to correct that because obviously that's not something that you want to happen you know, down the stretch and uh, certainly in the playoffs. But it's early in the season. Uh, they'll be fine. This team will figure it out defensively. I would much rather see the Rangers struggle defensively early in the season than see them struggle offensively. And more specifically, see guys like Alexi Lafreniere struggle and see guys like Philip Hedl struggle and see guys like Capo Caco struggle. All three of them are off to really nice starts this season. And... That would be a cause for concern. You know, if we were four games into the season here and those three players I just mentioned had combined for like one or two points and were completely invisible out there on most nights, uh, that would be a problem. And that would be, you know, something that, man, you know, we'd be getting kind of nervous and kind of thinking like, okay, these kids really need to pick it up here because the Rangers, uh, they're going to need them if they're going to go to where they want to go this season. So... Yeah, awesome. I'd much rather, like I said, have some of these young players coming through early and see the team struggle defensively rather than the other way around, because I have every reason to believe that this team will correct all of its defensive issues. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much uh, my thoughts as far as the Ranger defense is concerned. Like I said, they're, they're just too good of a defensive team, have too many good defensemen, and have too many good defensive forwards to keep struggling like this. Uh, I did want to spend a little bit of time here at the end of today's episode, talking about the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, they are 0-1-1 to start the season. Uh, they lost 4-3 on the road in overtime on opening night on Friday against the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, they then lost to Charlotte uh, the very next day by a score of 3-1. to uh, It's very early, so there aren't too many conclusions that can really be drawn here. But it is worth kind of taking a look at what happened. Uh, for starters, I think Ranger fans will definitely like this. Will Cooley is one of three players in the Wolfpack with two points in the first two games. He's got a goal and an assist. He is also an even plus minus. And I think, I do get the feeling sooner or later we might see Will Cooley this season, uh, depending on injuries or just potentially needing a spark. I think sooner or later he will make his debut. I don't think we're going to go 82 games and not see Will Cooley, but we shall see there. Uh, you've also got Turner Elson with a goal and an assist. He is a minus one. And uh, Matthew Robertson, another promising Ranger prospect, uh, he's another one that could end up making his debut for the Rangers this season, depending on a number of factors, namely how Zach Jones and Libor Hayek fare. But he has two assists in the first two games as well. Uh, Robertson, though, is a minus one. And I got to call some attention to this as well. Uh, Julian Gauthier scored a goal. I know, it's crazy. And the craziest thing about it is he scored a goal on that very same play that he can never finish when he's playing for the New York Rangers. So he's up the left side. And he kind of veers toward the net at that 45-degree angle, you know, using his size and his strength to get toward the net, carries the puck across the crease, and puts it in the net. It went in the net. It was awesome. It was really nice to see this. But in all seriousness, and I mentioned this when the Rangers had to place him on waivers and he cleared. I am glad that he cleared waivers. I think going to the AHL is probably a good thing for him, hoping that he can rediscover that confidence and that scoring touch that he has shown in the AHL in the past. It's just when he goes to the NHL, that top level, uh, he just can't replicate his success. But I would imagine the Rangers would probably actually not call up Gautier as the first guy this season. Just because if you call up Gautier and you just have him for like two or three games, 
Well, now you have to send him back to the Wolfpack. My understanding of this is that he would have to pass through waivers again, and I don't think if you're the Rangers, you want to go through that again. Gauthier, to me, is still a candidate to be claimed anytime he's placed on waivers. So if the Rangers are in a spot where they just need to call up a forward for two games, three games, I think you're looking at probably like a Johnny Brodzinski being called up. Uh, maybe Will Cooley would be given an opportunity and just kind of a sink or swim situation for him. Uh, but Gautier, I wouldn't mind seeing him get you know, an extended look at the AHL. I think at least half the NHL season should go by this year before you even consider calling Gautier back up. He's got to you know, rediscover that confidence, rediscover that scoring touch, and um, you know, put himself in a position where, okay, the Rangers, they see what he's doing in the AHL, and we now feel good about bringing him back to the NHL, and we like his chances of doing something at least somewhat meaningful uh, to help this Ranger team you know, in the second half of the season. Uh, so that's pretty much it as far as the skaters, as far as what I wanted to talk about in the two games there. Uh, the goalies for the Hartford Wolfpack. You had Louis Deming as a starter on opening night. Uh, he was under fire, but he ends up allowing four goals on 44 shots, and of course the Wolfpack lost that game in overtime. And then you had Dylan Garand, another Ranger prospect, a fourth rounder in 2020. He played the second game, did quite a bit better than Deming in terms of, you know, save percentage, stopped 28 of the 30 shots that he faced. And as far as uh, how that timeshare is going to shake out, could go either way. I would like Dylan Garand to get more time because, you know, if one of these two goalies is going to end up making a big time impact for the Rangers, I would imagine it would be Garand. I mean, no matter who it is, they're going to be the backup to Igor. But Garand is certainly the one that's younger and certainly the one with more upside. Louis Domingue is a fringe NHL goalie at best. And so I think Garand should get the lion's share of games. And it's interesting to also wonder, like, if one of them was to be caught up during the season, which one would it be? And the two of them may very well settle that simply by how they play. You know, if one plays quite a bit better than the other, then maybe that's the player that gets called up. But I have kind of a different take on that. I feel like if anything happened to Igor, again, knock on wood, but if anything were to happen to Igor Shesterkin, I think that maybe you might see Garand get the call. And maybe I'm jumping the gun here a little bit, but Garand certainly has more upside than Louis Domingue. I think if anything happens to Halak, though, you might see Louis Domingue get the call because at that point, you know, Halak goes down, he's the backup goalie. Okay, so call up the other uh, veteran backup goalie. But between Domingue, and Garand, I think there's a very good chance that one of these two individuals uh, might end up being the Ranger backup goalie this upcoming season. Yaroslav Halak is only signed for one year. He's 37 years old. Uh, if he does well and the Rangers like him and he's enjoyed his time here, it's always possible he could re-up uh, you know, for another one-year contract after this season is over. But if he moves on, then you're looking at Louis Domingue or you go with the kid in Dylan Garand. So it's an intriguing uh, situation to watch there. That is for sure. I figured we could pretty much call it there, but I do have to mention this real quick. It's just kind of a, uh, a PS kind of a deal here at the, at the end of today's episode. Uh, if you guys did not see the video on Twitter, and the Rangers posted this on their official account, you got to look this up. The video is only like eight seconds long. It's hilarious. Uh, during, or before rather, the game against the Ducks on Monday night, you guys know how Ryan Reeves, before the game, he's always there in the tunnel. He's always standing behind the goalie, and he'll yell, you know, Igor, release us. He'll just kind of scream that. So Igor, I guess, wasn't quite ready to go, and, and Ryan Reeves yelled that, and then, you know, Igor was kind of crouched over and, you know, going through his mental preparations and whatever it is that goalies need to do to get themselves ready to play in these games. But Igor just kind of delayed for an extra two or three seconds, and then he got up, and then he went onto the ice. And uh, Reeves, the way Reeves looked at him while he was waiting for Igor to move was just priceless, and then his reaction, he was just kind of like, all right, like, okay, now we're ready. 
Um, but he was laughing. Uh, Keandre Miller was there. He was laughing too. Definitely check that out if you get the opportunity. I love this team, man. The chemistry is just off the charts. These guys really care about each other. They really play hard for each other and just a very, very likable uh, team in general. So yeah, like I said, I figured we could pretty much call it there for today. If you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, going to do a very special crossover edition with JD from Locked On San Jose Sharks to preview uh, Thursday night's meeting between the Rangers and the Sharks at Madison Square Garden. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Theo Rudine and Flip Livingston bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts.